Welcome back to Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development, Houston Chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hey, it's Bruce Abbott, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Houston Chapter. And if you've been listening to our podcast lately or following us on social media, you know that we are getting closer to our 2020 ATD Houston Talent Development Virtual Conference. It's October 27th and 28th. Featuring keynote speaker Brandon Carson from Delta Airlines, a global learning leader and author of Learning in the Age of Immediacy. And Brandon kicks things off with Impact, creating a new playbook for L&D in the digital age. And what a great start. We've also got a solid lineup of global and local leaders in the talent development area. This year, we have some panel discussions too, which is a great addition uh, to our conference uh, in this virtual realm focusing on topics from accessibility in the age of COVID-19 to creating exceptional learning culture uh, to dialogues on race in the workplace. And um, we also have several different sessions focusing on mentoring. There truly is something for everyone. And I encourage you to register before October 1st, 2020. At this record date, we are, let's see, we're at the 24th of September. We're about a week away from that early bird deadline. Not only do you get to save on registration, but early bird registrants are entered into a drawing to win an Apple iPad, which is very cool. We also have a special conference app that we are encouraging participation through during the conference, and our top participants will be entered to win a free ATD certification program. That's up to a $1,600 value, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, so that way, if you sign up, be sure to download the app and participate. You can find out more information on the conference, the registration, all of this on our website, tdhouston.org. You can follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we may even have a Pinterest account for all I know. I think we do. Uh, but you can find out more details leading up to the conference. And uh, we also have a podcast episode that we recorded last week. You may have listened to this uh, already, but we had our vice president of programs, Harriet Pritchett, on. And she dove a little deeper into the agenda that we have for the, uh, the conference and some of the guests and some of the topics. So I encourage you to check that out. Again, tdhouston.org is the website to register the 2020 ATD Houston Virtual Talent Development Conference. We are so excited about that. And I got to tell you, Harriet and conference speaker chair Kent Nuttall, they have put together this incredible agenda focusing on the topic, great talent development is key to future success. And they did, I mean, they just did a fantastic job with the lineup. And it really is a testament, I think, to the strong team that we have here at the Houston chapter. We are blessed to have such great members and sponsors but also strong leadership. And I feel privileged to work alongside some of these talented men and women on committees, on the board, uh, with our directors. And speaking of directors, I wanna give a shout out to some of the fantastic team members here on the marketing and communications team. So let me indulge for just a moment and shine a spotlight on some of these folks. Robin Hermans, our director of virtual programs, she has been instrumental in this transition to all virtual during the pandemic here for the chapter. And Sarah Packard, our web director, she's such an asset to the organization, helping us push out, push out information and Gloria Alvarez, our branding director. And I wanna introduce our newest member to the ATD Houston leadership team as our 2021 marketing director and today's podcast guest, 
Scott Angler. Scott, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, Bruce, thanks so much for having me. So I am excited about having you on here today because, you see, Scott brings a wealth of information about navigating the challenges of job searching. And obviously, that is a hot topic right now with the pandemic and with the economy. And Scott has a new book about to be released. And I love the title. Give me the title of it. <laughs> it's I Love Looking for Work, Said No One Ever. <laughs> I think that pretty much nails the sentiment. So I, I do want to explore a few areas of the book, but tell us a little bit about your background. Since we don't have uh, an hour to talk about my background, because it is, I am what I'd call a multifaceted, uh, you know, entrepreneurial type. Uh, there's a lot of things I've done, but to just be brief, um, I have my own business right now, which is focused on branding and marketing. And I also, in, within that, have done career coaching. So um, this will be my third book now on contemporary job search strategies. So that is why I wrote this book in the first place was, um, you know, based on like my own experiences, but like, just kind of like to give you an overview is I am an author and those, that's the topic that I've been writing about for the last uh, eight years now. Now this book features interviews with job seekers who found innovative ways to land the job they wanted. What did you find out? Yeah, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me that question. Um, so, you know, what I learned was was that the people that got the jobs they really wanted, and this is obviously I'm speaking in generalities, but like they were willing to do things differently than everyone else. And they usually were, what I found, um, they did it in a way that accentuated their strengths. Because my coaching and consulting is all based on like operating mostly from your strengths and not your weaknesses. And so that's where, you know, part of what I talk about in my book too is like, you know, the job search, yes. Does anyone love looking for work? Never. But if you do it from a place of your strengths, it's going to be a hell of a lot more enjoyable and effective. So to answer your question a little bit more directly, Bruce, um, that's what I found was that they really like organically just did things out of their strength zone and were able to get the jobs that they really wanted because of it. And I don't want to give away the book, but <laughs> so give me some, uh, some examples of some of the, the areas and some of those places where you, you saw these people really using their strengths in some very unique ways, ways that went against the status quo. So what, what are some examples of some uh, specifics that you saw? Yeah. So let's see, see, like, so one of, like one of the more extreme examples, I'll be honest, some of these interviews were done like within like three to five years ago. Um, so like um, some of like the maybe more extreme examples aren't coming to mind at the moment, but I could give you some really solid ones. Like, for example, uh, one of the interviews was this guy that was looking for a um, sales. Yeah, kind of a sales um, position in uh, apparel. And I guess the company was really popular uh, out in Los Angeles and they were interviewing people for like six months prior to this guy. Now, um, this guy didn't do anything that people would recommend that you do in your job search. He like didn't even really have much of a resume. I mean, I know because he's actually a friend of mine. He was like the most 
nonchalant, laid-back job seeker I know, and it drove me nuts because I'm the exact opposite. Um, he's very type B in that way. Um, but what he did do was um, he got the interview through a friend. So he's a very sociable guy. And so he tapped into his network, you know, so that's definitely like he, without knowing it, he did one of the, like the most effective things of job searching was just to like reach out to his friends and see what uh, opportunities were available. But then what he did, what I thought was really cool is he actually, um, he actually went to the stores. He found out what the territories they had were. And then he went to those stores in his area where he knew he'd be overseeing them. So before the, even the first interview, he went to the type of stores that he knew he would be working with and looked at all the displays and the apparel and like took notes and was like, here's what they're doing. Here's why I don't think that would be good. Here's what I would do instead. So like he had compiled already, basically, he started doing his job before he did it. And I mean, he got hired within like two weeks. Like I said, they had been interviewing people consistently because he was like some regional salesperson position. Like it was a high level role. Um, but he just went above and beyond, you know, to show that he was the man for the job. And, and the fact is, he's great at that stuff. And I've known him for years. So, I mean, he was just like really being himself. That was the best part. Like for him, that was enjoyable to go to those stores. Show me, don't tell me. Prove it. Yeah, exactly. And someone else, she's not mentioned in the book, but was like, you know, she researched the um, people that the company interviewing her uh, was doing business with. And so she basically researched those companies and spoke to those companies and found out what their needs were that would be related to her role. So already she went into the interview with like, hey, I already spoke with these four companies, by the way, just so that you know. And I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not going to quote her verbatim, but like she basically said, like, here's what I would do if I was in this position based on talking to them. Here's how it could help you. And so like these people did things that like, you know, for the average job seeker, they do not do that. You know, I know because I've been one and I've talked to thousands of them at this point and they don't do stuff like because the usual process is you push out resumes, follow up phone call, hope that somebody gets back with you, but painstaking, tedious, frustrating process, but throwing in some creativity. You're, you're saying that, you know, it really doesn't have to be this painful process, does it? Right. And, and I think the other thing just to kind of touch on is having the, what I call the chutzpah, which kind of just means like the Maybe, I don't know if brazen is the right word, but um, it just means the pizzazz, I guess, to take the risk of places being like, you you know, you're a little too much or like maybe what someone would call like um, aggressive, for lack of a better word, or like doing something. They're like, why did you contact, you know, someone else could say like, why did you contact our businesses? Like, that's really invasive or something, you know, where it could swing the other way. But these people took chances and just really believed in themselves, I think, was the other thing. They really went above and beyond and were like, yeah, I'm the person for the job and I already started doing it. You have a lot of expertise in networking, but before I get to the networking, I have to ask you about this. You're talking about unique ways of getting attention and you're that chutzpah. So I, I heard a story that you may have <clears throat> maybe let me uh, a little into here that involves dancing yes, and a poster board. Yeah. You gotta fill me in here. 
Oh my gosh, Bruce. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I I'm glad you asked that question. Um, so, man, I'm I'm gonna try to do this. I'm not I'm not known for being you know my brevity, but um, basically, it was on my heart for a while to dance in front of people, and I didn't know how it was gonna happen. I just remember just driving around, seeing people on their cell phones, looking miserable, and you know, I'm not a professional dancer. I've always loved to dance, but like, wouldn't even consider myself necessarily good, quote unquote. Um, but it was, it'd been on my heart for like maybe a year, year and a half. And then I found myself looking for a job. Like I wanted to switch kind of like how I offered my business services to work with companies more than individuals. And so like a stepping stone for me, what I believe would be like um, working maybe in a talent development space and, you know, talent acquisition, but that's for another time. Um, so long story short, uh, I was going through the painstaking job search and I was on LinkedIn and messaging people and contacting my network and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, I want to pull the little hair I have out right now. Like, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is the perfect opportunity, Scott, for you to do, for you to, you know, live out what you're freaking preaching to people right and for me it was fun because i got to like see it as an experiment to see like hey is the kind of stuff i'm talking about like does it actually work does, you know will it work for me am i just kind of full of it um so it gave me another opportunity to really practice what i preach on some level so it's not that i stopped doing some of those other things like i don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket but what i did do bruce was i did Use my background in marketing, so that was good. Was I made a poster board and I kind of bullet pointed like you know some of my top accomplishments and made it kind of fun and playful because for me, really, it's also about you know my strength zone is, is a being a, a good writer, but also connection and really um, you know connecting with the kind of company I want to work for. So again, it's not like I'm just looking for any job. It's it's also really finding the job you love, which is important. So I just want to just mention that for people too. They don't pay me to work with me because like I help them get a job at Walmart, you know, nothing against Walmart, but something that really matters to them, right? And if it was Walmart, they might not, not be, but that's another story. So long story short, um, I literally just threw on some headphones one day and I went over to Greenway Plaza, scared as hell. Again, all these things are scary, you know, and that's what I think goes above and beyond and why other people don't do them is because even though I've always loved dancing, I've been a performing arts kind of person. I've done, I've had a karaoke bit for 20 years. I've been a professional speaker. Like I'm used to being in front of an audience, but don't doubt that I was scared as hell to start dancing and putting myself out there in public and like looking for work. And um, it was scary. And I just went with it. And sure enough, I mean, people were responding so well and it gave me it was so fun for me because it was like I was doing some of the same things I would might be doing behind the scenes anyway which is like you know getting feedback on my poster board and I was like updating kind of my marketing you know material for job searching but it was fun because I was integrating it as part of something that I actually enjoy doing right I'm outdoors I'm getting exercise I'm having fun interacting with people I'm not behind a computer those are all things that are more what I've learned in my strengths I'd rather network in person than network on LinkedIn, to be perfectly honest. Like, you know, so if I had to focus on one area more than the other, I would do in-person networking. And I talk about that kind of stuff more in my book. Um, 
so it's more about like accentuating what I'm strong at. And the funny thing was, was like, I actually did get a job. And then um, I liked what I was doing so much that even after I got hired, I kept doing it because I loved the process so much. And truthfully, because I felt like there was a higher purpose behind it. And it, I had like people, you know, saying this is like inspirational. I had one woman pull me over to like, you know, a gas station. She's breaking down in tears. She's like, the fact that you could do something like this is so inspiring to me. I've been looking for work for eight months and having no success. Like you, you know, you don't know what you did and touched me. So like for me, it was like, I wanted to continue to do that to show people like, Hey, you don't have to do this, the job search the way everyone tells you you should. And you could actually laugh and smile during the process. And it doesn't have to necessarily be dancing, but it really is just, you know, thinking outside <laughs> the box or, or in your yeah. case, poster board, just taking it to places that out of your comfort zone where you are able to stand out from the crowd. You mentioned networking. I totally agree. If I, I, I am a people person. I, I love, in fact, that's one of the hardest things about this whole pandemic is just I am zoomed out. I like the, the, the like physical that. conversation face to face. When you're talking about networking, and you had a presentation recently about the four forms of networking, the networking doesn't have to be this one cut and dry way. You can be really innovative with that, can't you? Exactly. And um, just a quick clarification, the four forms of networking, is that was something that I, I think I created maybe five years ago now, but it's just kind of built upon itself. So just to clarify that. Um, but yeah, it was really this understanding uh, that like people had this one idea of networking and it really happened through a lot of conversations with people were like, well, Scott, I can't get a job because, or like, you know, when I mentioned networking, they're like, well, I hate networking. I'm like, well, you know, why do you hate it? And they're like, well, you know, because I'm not really a people person and like, I hate going to those like networking events, blah, blah, blah. And I heard that story over and over and over again. And then, you know, I also realized like, hey, networking isn't just going to like a networking event in person. I like that kind of stuff, but you could do, some people love joining group threads on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I'm like, if that's what you thrive in, then do that because that is networking. And so then, you know, it helps expand people's horizon on like, you know, oh, this is networking. And then that way, they could be a little bit more proactive about it. Something they didn't think was actually networking is actually networking. So then it's like, hey, share about something that you're really good at in your networking in a way that adds value to people. And then, you know, like take it from there. So I would teach people it's like how to, you know, kind of do what they might do in person, but do it online. And for whatever reason, that way worked better for them. So stick, you know, focus more on that is always my suggestion. And for me, one of the, the most fun ways I found is what I call recreation networking. And again, it goes back to my book, you know, about making job searching fun. I did, and this is a true story, land a job just from a fitness class that I was attending every week. So again, it's like those fun activities. And what I've found is I've had job interviews come out of it because all I really did was show up and just have the intention, not that it was my focus, but that if it came up, and a lot of times it did ironically, that I would at least be open to let people know I was looking for work. So I didn't hang a poster board in these cases, right? But it was like, I just was open to opportunities presenting themselves. 
So if someone told me, like in this case, hey, I just landed a job working for this company as I'm having a conversation with them like I would normally, I'm like, interesting, what do you do for them? And gathering more information, I'm like, I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking to do this similar thing. And then sure enough, I had that referral and got a job through that. It's really just being comfortable opening up conversations, isn't it? Yeah. And like, again, for me, I, that's my strength zone. For me, the dancing, the performing, I love it. I love performing. And again, like, that's where it's like, I know that like I'm in my strength zone because like I kept doing it even after I got a job because I love it so much. In fact, if I could get paid to just do that for like six hours a day, I'd be a really happy person. I'm making people smile. You know what I mean? It's engaging. It's energetic. But for someone else, that might would be the most horrible thing in the world that they would dread. I never dread it. You know? And so it's like, that's what you need to f- figure out is like, you know, for me, that was my strength zone. But for someone else, that wouldn't be. What is? What are those things that light you up? What could you do that light you up? Man, that's inspiring. And you have some amazing interviews in this book. These are some renowned industry leaders that you were able to talk to for this book. Yeah, Bruce. So like that was, you know, one of the blessings I experienced was when I wrote my first book, it was during this time when, uh, you know, back in 2012 now, um, when things had shifted so rapidly with everything being online um, as far as the job search. And so like, with that, I was one of the first people that I at least knew of that was starting to write a more uh, book that was more catered towards that um, because a lot of people were just kind of playing catch up. And uh, anyway, in, in the process of doing that, I wanted to learn from the best. So long story short, um, I was really fortunate to be able to connect with some of these like, you know, top leaders. I call them like the Michael Jordans and Magic Johnsons of my industry because they really are and get them involved um, to create really valuable content for the readers. And so um, it's been awesome because I've been able to, you know, maintain a lot of these relationships over the years. And um, they're just such amazing, dynamic people that are constantly learning. And so, you know, one of the things I feel really good about in this book, Bruce, is um, that's a little different too, um, is, you know, I'm gonna have a resource page for people. And so I've found over the years, who I would consider some of the most dynamic, uh, helpful, consistent providers and thought leaders um, in this area of job searching and even like, you know, companies that offer some recruiting services or whatever. And so now, um, you know, as a gift to my readers uh, is going to be like, who's the best for helping, for instance, who's the best person for baby boomers to go to job search? I know the exact people that focus on that. Who's the best for millennials? Who's, you know, who's the best for this? Who's the best for that? And um, so, yeah, it feels really good to be able to add that into this book. I know you're working on a tentative release date for this new book, but where can we find this book once it does come out and some of your other books as well? I did speak to my publisher yesterday real quick. Uh, The book was supposed to be released in this fall, but due to COVID, um, Mm. we've had to push these back. So he told me that um, spring of next year, but hopefully earlier, he's just, you know, he's definitely likes to, he, he likes to over deliver on stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to answer your other question, I do have two books already out and you could go on my website, which is 
www.thejumpinterview.com and you can get access to those books. Excellent. And they can find out more about you, the services you offer. They're on that website as well, right? Absolutely. And probably the easiest way to get in touch with me is is on LinkedIn. I'm the only Scott Engler in Houston as far as I'm aware of. And it's E-N-G-L-E-R. So, you know, people wanted to, you know, get in touch with me. And I, I think I, I even have links to my books on there as well, or at least definitely a link to my website. So you could find out more info about me on there. And not to mention, I have hundreds of, you know, of articles. And um, if they want to follow me on, you know, like YouTube videos, I haven't been as active with the job search stuff for a while. Um, just because I've been kind of shifting my focus a little bit, which we can't, you know, not have time to talk about today, but um, plenty of good content that uh, is is definitely still relevant. And so, yeah, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, uh, I've been writing for recruiter.com now for the last uh, six years. So I have, you know, lots of articles on that platform at this point. And pretty soon I'll be ready, I believe. Actually, I'm not going to say anything yet because it hasn't been finalized, but... Uh, we'll leave that for maybe another time. You are inspiring and creative. Uh, Scott Engler, job search, branding, marketing, networking, dancing specialist, <laughs> ATD Houston 2021 marketing director, some creative ways to get noticed. Scott, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Bruce. And we do want to thank you for listening to Train to Win, the podcast produced by ATD Houston. Visit tdhouston.org to find out more about the chapter. And if you enjoyed this podcast, Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, others. That way you always get the newest episode and give us a rating on iTunes. You can share the podcast with a colleague, share it on social media, and we hope you join us again for Train to Win. I'll see you next episode.